In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> What is going on, DGen Nation? After a historic Masters, we are back this week for the RBC Heritage. As usual, I am here with my main man, Tyler Tambolini. Tyler, how are you this week? Oh, couldn't be better. Worst week ever, probably in DFS, and at least the longest time I can remember, Kenny. And we'll get to that, but uh, just super happy to see Hideki take this thing down. It was awesome to watch. There's so much history behind it. Everything is, I'm sure we'll get into, but just incredible to see. And when you have no rooting interest down the stretch, you may as well just root for a guy that we've played forever in DFS and followed his career. And it's almost like if Ricky had a one, it's kind of the same feeling for me, just a guy that you've just been around and played in DFS and watched in golf for a long time. So before we get into it, Kenny, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DJ and get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. Kenny, what a finish, Manny. I mean, it looked like it was over, and then there was a couple holes down the stretch there where Decky, you know, went in the water, didn't lay up, and, you know, you thought Xander was coming. Xander had three holes in a row where he was inches away from making eagle. That was incredible, too. Would have been quite the comeback for X-Man, but, and on the week, RIP DMX, that would have been cool to see X take it down, too. But, again, I had no rooting interest. How about yourself? What did you think? And talk to me about the event. Yeah, I mean, like I had Xander, I had Spieth, I had Leash, I had some some outs, you know, in the thing, but I ended up losing my ass too, which I had like 30% Sal Torres. It was just a weird week, man. I mean, I got Canley wrong, of course, I got Burger wrong. I don't know what Xander was thinking on 16. Uh, first of all, he's down by two strokes. Um, and, you know, he goes up to 16. Hideki just makes a, a big error. I don't know what he was thinking. I know the third shot on 15 when you lay up is not easy, especially with a front pin location. Uh, you know, it's easy to spin back those wedges, even with these firm greens, to spin back with that, you know, um, back to front slope that 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 that, that hole has. 
Um, but, you know, just lay up and hit it over, like, like hit it over the green just a little bit and just get your par or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I it was just, he brought double into, into play. And luckily he didn't double because that just would have made it worse. Uh, but then Xander goes on 16 and, like, he hits the water on a hole like nobody ever hits the water on. Like, 16 is, like, one of the easiest holes, like, outside of the par fives on the course. Like, people were just hitting it within, like, five feet all day. I bet you there was, like, a dozen players that hit it within five feet all day. All you had to do was hit it a little bit right, the classic Sunday pin location, drawing down um, to the hole, and you you make it, you tap and birdie. I mean, I I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I mean, it was horrible. Like, you know, his caddy was like, use a seven. He was like, no, nah, I'm just going to flush an eight. And then he needed a seven. But even with the seven, it probably would have hooked into the water. I don't know. He, in the interview, he said it was a good swing. He felt good. But I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell he was thinking about that. He was trying to go for the pin when you didn't have to go to the pin. The easy play was 10 feet to the right and have it just come in and and, and roll down that little valley right to the hole. Uh, yeah, that, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking, but then, you know, Willie Z, uh, great performance. Um, uh, Hideki, of course, with the win. I'm going to go on about that here in a second, but what did you think about the event? Well, just real quick on the Xander thing, I think, and the interview was kind of what he said was it was what, I think he called it like the perfect shot. It certainly was not a perfect yeah, shot. It that was, was not like, the fucking perfect shot. It, it was, it was very poor, that. I think, but, but I will say this, and I'm not going to, you know, stick up. Xander's not my guy or anything. I don't really care. I think it's awesome to see, and I think, in hindsight, looking back, I know this is very results oriented, but you think about Cantlay and X, I, I still think of X as way more of a big game hunter. The $10,000 slapped me in the face with a sticker shock price that I didn't want to pay. And that's what got me caught up and many others on Cantlay. But if you think back to how many times X has won or come through in the clutch or been involved in these big fields, tough fields, you know, all these factors, I really wish I had played more X in that spot. As far as the shot goes on 16, totally comfortable with it. I think it was just a poor execution. The problem was it's not easy to get, like you said, he's down two strokes. It's not easy to get it back on 17 and 18 against Decky, even if Decky is reeling off that hole, but Decky just recovered and looked pretty good. Like he said in the interview after, we've been calling him Decky bot for years. He said, it's like playing against a robot. There was no way to rattle him. And Decky's scrambling, et cetera, was all. We can laugh at Brandel Chambly with his pen and paper out. Like, you're old school like you, Kenny. We'll get to that one, too. But um, if he had to just put it to, like you said, 5, 10 feet, he just didn't execute. But he wanted to make birdie right then and there versus he knew Hideki is going to play the very Tiger Woods-esque strategy game of just get it in the on the green anywhere, two-putt and make par and come home clean. Xander did have to go for it. He just really did not execute as far as that shot goes. Now, as far as the rest of the event goes, like you said, I'll leave Decky to you. I think there's some incredible stuff there, but Willie Z, this guy's the king, man. He's just a competitor. Love to see it. You know, we'll talk about him more. He's in the field again this week. Uh, Spieth doing his thing as always. John Rom really not even showing up for three days and coming through with the T5 classic Rom. I mean, he ended up losing by what? Four strokes. Or, or yeah, four strokes, man. Like this is insane. He just pulls out one, one more day, like Sunday. And there was opportunity there. Don't get me wrong that he could have done it, that that's just how good he is, man. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of him as we expect to, uh, you know, some of the guys, Leishman, Rose, Cam Smith, those guys, we, we, you could mention them beforehand. And we, you did, I think some, and other people brought them up, but I just think it was almost like everyone was in love with the upper seven K range, sort of the same reason, like reminisce on guys that could do well, Sergio, Bubba, Adam Scott, Louie, all them. And the guys down low in Leishman and Rose were the ones to pop, you know, it was Cam Smith in the eight K range. Uh, Stewie sink keeps showing a little bit of brass there. He's got the distance down sort of Bryson esque. And then talk about the guys that exited before maybe Decky, but Bryson, 
didn't do anything over the weekend. DJ Roy didn't even want to make the cut. Like Cantley almost DFL. There was just so much going on with this event, man. Bobby Mack, shout out to him. He'll be back next year with that T12, get back into it. And then Kevin Nod did his thing as well. But uh, what, what'd you think? And then talk to us about Hideki. So, you know, watching the event on Sunday, it was, you know, sort of lackluster, at least until the last whole few holes. And you know, I, at one point in time, I switched off. I was just getting so fucking pissed off because I was losing <laughs> so much fucking money. Uh, uh, but I went back to it. And, 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 you know, by the time Hideki won, um, you know, I was in a pissy mood. I just lost everything. And then to watch him win uh, the bow by his his caddy was just an unbelievable touch to the victory, especially with what happened in the beginning uh, of the event with uh, Gary Player's son, you know, hawking a golf ball in the middle of like Lee Elder's like introduction, so you know, so and, and, and that guy actually, he's actually banned from, from what I hear, his brother said that he's banned from Augusta uh, from, for, for, for now on for doing that. I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see. Um, but, uh, you know, as Deke was walking down, um, you know, the path and, you know, give, give, giving everyone high fives, every race, every color. Um, you know, I sort of, I, I sort of started to, to, to tear up a little bit because you think about it. I mean, with all that's going on in the United States right now, especially with the Asian violence, uh, violence against Asians uh, at this point in time, uh, which has been horrible for the last year. I, I, you know, it's weird. Like for the first time ever in my life, I, I'm looking over my shoulder uh, when I walk around. Uh, when I walked to lunch from work, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, being an Asian man in America right now. And um, to see somebody who looks like me win this event, it, I, I, it, was, it was very um, an emotional experience for me uh, because, um, you know, you, 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 with all the stuff that's going on, like I said, it's just, it's just a weird time for my, my, my people nowadays. And, and to see this, this, this guy happen and to see everyone cheering him on, uh, you know, uh, there was no animosity. There was no hate. There was just joy from everybody um, after his victory, white, black, Hispanic, whatever. Um, it, it was really, really, really good to see. Uh, it made me very, very happy. Uh, uh, and it's going to change Hideki's life, uh, you know, uh, first off, uh, you know, you think about it last year, the, uh, the most, the highest paid female athlete in the world is Osaka, uh, the tennis player from, from Japan. Uh, and, and, you know, Hideki deserves this now. He's, uh, there's rumors in the next 10 years, he can make a billion dollars. Uh, so it's a life changing event. And I was just so happy for him. And I was just so happy for, to see, you know, someone like him win this event and see how proud, you know, Asian people in general, doesn't matter if you're Korean, Japanese, Chinese, Thai, whatever, uh, just celebrate this moment. And I know why Yang uh, won the U.S. Open. Uh, I'm sorry, the PJ Championship. But back then, personally for me, uh, I wasn't as enamored in golf as I am now. Uh, Tiger was actually my favorite player, so it was actually a little bit of a disappointment. And I'm not as I wasn't as in tune uh, with my cultural heritage as I am personally now. And, and uh, it was it was a very emotional moment for me. And it was I was extremely happy uh, to see him get that victory. Now the outcomes of this, uh, you know, moving past this part a little bit for Hideki is going to be weird. 
Uh, because, you know, another thing, uh, let me talk about Hideki and the emotion that he displayed. I mean, it didn't seem like it hit him until he actually received, the, he got the green jacket outside and you see him pumping his arms in the air. Uh, you know, I, I mean, like, you know, typically uh, he, when, when it comes to emotion, Hideki is like emotionless. Like he makes Dustin Johnson look like a fucking Karen. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like and, and just to see the emotion, to see the happiness and, oh, man, it, it was truly a great, great moment. And it's going to be historic for golf. You're going to see, and you've seen this in the past in the LPGA uh, when Sari Pak was uh, winning those events, you know, competing with Annika and, and, and getting majors. Uh, and you saw um, the Korean contingent of women just come in and start, you know, dominating the sport. I think you're going to see something like this in the next 20 years. Uh, just because of this Hideki win. I mean, first off, Japan is already a crazed golf nation. 2,300 golf courses, more than half the golf courses in Asia are in that tiny little island of Japan. Uh, you know, when you walk the streets, Daniel Rappaport had an article about Hideki Japan and golf. Uh, so go check that out. It was pretty good. Uh, talking about you, you walk down the streets of Tokyo and like all the advertisements, there's like a bunch of golf related advertisements, even for like a McDonald's, they feature golf, you know, I mean, they're just crazed about the game. Uh, and now what this is going to do to Hideki, I find interesting uh, because you see him, you know, he doesn't like the spotlight. Like, he, he, okay. You know, he, he doesn't want to be in front of the media. He moved out of Japan and moved to Orlando or Windermere. Uh, because he, he wanted to take his family away from the mass of hysteria that usually follows him uh, in events. Um, and, and, and I, I want to see how he handles it. I, I don't know if this is, it's a great thing that he won the masters, but can he handle all of this? He was famous, but now he's basically a superstar in Japan. Now he's a God in japan now i'll never have to buy a drink anywhere ever again i mean now if you if you i mean like even in the past like when he, when adam scott said that when he went to japan and played with hideki uh in the same pairing he said the only time he's seen that type of frenzy uh for with the fans on the course was when he played with tiger and phil at uh, a u.s open back in the day and that's what he compared it to uh you know webb simpson him and webb simpson went out to dinner one night in japan they shut down the whole restaurant so those two can eat dinner. And this is before he won a major. Uh, so the spotlight is on him now. I want to see how he responds. I mean, it, it's possible that it could be too much for him. Uh, a little worried about that. Uh, but, I mean, that's far off in the future. Right now, I just want to celebrate his win. Uh, it, it, it made me feel so incredibly good. Uh, and I was extremely happy. Uh, that he got that W and it was very, very emotional for me. I'm still emotional right now uh, about it. And uh, uh, good for Hideki and good for the game of golf. Yeah. Well said, Kenny. I couldn't have said it better myself. Obviously you see it d differently than I, than most do in your eyes. And I, in the sense of that, like, I can't speak to what you can speak to what's going on in the States and the terrible stuff that's happening right now. But like you said, as far as bringing everyone together, like you said, him walking out of the gate and just fist bumping everybody, it's a completely diverse game. He showed that again. It's awesome for him. I and mean, this guy's hilarious. The, you know, the pumping of the arms afterwards when you, the joy finally hit him that you talked about. Yeah. 
the yeah. uh, you know having to jump back on the microphone real quick to thank the members and of Augusta because he sort of forgot that and his translator reminds him and he hops back on and says thank you <laughs> like he just hops on it just brought some fun and joy back into it after you knew it was an extremely emotional moment and then to see him this morning just chilling at the airport by the way with the yeah. green jacket just draped up over the chair yeah, over, I mean, over his own head with that uh, amazing angc hat on i just thought it was this great to see man forget private flights forget this he's got enough spotlight in his life like you said and now it's going to be escalated even more so and definitely interesting something to follow and watch but like you said you know it, just a different it hits different like you said for some and i was with you when sungjae won at the honda and that was emotional. We had some good, we had some good times that night. I mean, that was a, a great event and something to happen. And this is, you know, just so much more monumental just for the world of golf and things that are happening out there. So you said it well, my friend, I think it's a great thing. We've been watching Hideki just for so long. Like I said, I had no rooting interest as far as the dollars and cents go, but just to watch him, I was rooting for him heavy down the stretch. We know Xander is going to win majors. I believe so. Anyway, at some different, maybe the USO, maybe the PGA, maybe even this year, he's always in the mix. It's one of those things that we've seen it lately, but just to see Hideki finally get it, man, and put that on and pump his f- fists in the air and all those little things, just amazing to see it and a great event overall. It worked out in the end. Yeah, if Korean ever wins the Masters, I'll lose it. I'll oh, fucking sure. lose it. I, I mean, I, you know, it'll just be, it'll be too much for me. Uh, it'll be fucking too much. Uh, Sungjae, I'm looking at you. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I can't describe the feeling I had and I'm still feeling overjoyed about it uh, right now and, uh, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Good for Hideki, good for the game of golf. <clears throat> and I'm extremely happy uh, about it, just to see the love and adoration that he received from everybody uh, in this time that we're living in right now. It was the perfect fucking moment, in my opinion, the perfect fucking moment. And it was great masters. And uh, I didn't enjoy all of it because of how bad I was. And see, sometimes you got to look past the gambling part and look at it in the whole um, macro uh, version of it instead of being micro about it uh, in your own head. You got to look at it through a bigger lens. And in the big lens, it's it, it's a huge fucking deal. It's a huge, huge fucking deal. Good for a decade. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we move on? No, sir. Like you said, the micro perspective is, hey, we can get back to it this week with the RBC Heritage and get all our money back right quick. All right. Let's go to our listener league uh, real quick, of course, because I was too enamored with Hideki Matsuyama. I forgot to pull up the lineup. So give me one second while I do it. But still, yeah, uh, uh, man, I still can't get over. It. I still can't get over. It. I, I want to I need to see footage of Japan. Like, you know, in 1977, um, I forget who won it, but it was a Japanese woman who won uh, a major. Uh, they, they when she came back to Japan, they gave her a ticker tape parade. Like she was the fucking like it was like they just won like you know World War Two. Like you know what I'm saying? You know those parades they had uh, back then, where you 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 know you see the the military guy kissing the woman and stuff. It was like that type of parade for the woman who won. I I, I haven't I haven't I've been working a lot. It's been sort of stressful here lately with work and. Um, I haven't been online as much to see what happened, but I, I, I mean, I, maybe he just got back recently. I, I don't know, but I want to see, or if he's even, even fine in Japan, maybe he was going back home to Orlando. I mean, I don't know uh, exactly where he's going uh, because I'm pretty sure the Atlanta airport has, you know, flights. It's one of the biggest airports in the world. And I'm sure it has flights to Tokyo. 
I don't know where he was going because he ended up they, in they, Chicago. They said too. He was, yeah, they said he was going to Chicago. So that's uh, where he went from there, though. Obviously, O'Hare is a huge airport. Yeah, but, so but he lives in Orlando. So right. why? I, yep. I think he has to be going international. I guess they weren't any flights out of Japan or something at that yeah. point in time. I don't know what the deal was, but uh, it was funny seeing him uh, do his thing. All right. So let's get to our listener league this week. Uh, so it's Glovebox87. Uh, looks like it is avatars, a picture of him uh, hitting a golf ball. Um, he won our listener league this past week with 544 points. Uh, John Rom finished, of course, in fifth with 84 points. Spieth finished in third with 95.5 points. He was about 40% owned. Rom was about 16% owned. He had Hideki by 10% owned, um, 118 points. Uh, Justin Rose, man, this lineup was pretty sick. Um, 3.2% owned. Um, uh, he was uh, 86.5 points. Uh, Will Zalatoris, he had 16.4. He was 16.4 percent on 99 points. And Phil Mickelson, who we talked about a little bit last week, he finished in 21st with uh, about four percent on. That's a really sick lineup. I wonder if he used that in a bunch of other things. Another thing that really made me angry, I will say, is uh, the optimal lineup uh, last week or for the for the for the Masters. I think I had five of those guys in my player pool. Uh, the only person that I did not have was Hideki. Now, if you look at the optimal, optimal lineup, give me a second. It was Hideki, Xander, Willie Z, Spieth, Corey Connors, and Rose. And all of those guys. Uh, I talked about Rose as a guy to look to look under that be underlooked in the e9 podcast on wednesday uh Corey connor's in my cast lineup speed is in my cast lineup willie z i had like 30 percent xander i ended up playing a bunch of him because it looked like he was going to be the lowest owned with rory and i didn't like rory um last week and you know that's so why i faded him and i still couldn't i won like 24 dollars out of like, you know, 450 bucks. I mean, it, I don't know what happened. I having five guys in the optimal, you know, in, in my, in my lineups, all either at or overweight the, the ownership of everyone and still finishing with no fucking money. Uh, I God, it's so frustrating. Uh, anyway, what do you think of the, what do you think of the lineup? Yeah, I'll talk about it. What you just said though, I have that lineup twice and you know what I have instead? 200 bucks more from Xander gets you Rory 200 bucks more from Rose gets you Neiman and answer. So it's like lineups like, and then one off of somewhere else, right? Like it's just basically, you got all the lineups that are just like that. It's funny how it can be that way. I did make a note of my shit for next year to masters play all the chalk, get a couple different plays and move on because everything smashes every year. Speed Connors, Zalatoris picked up steam as the week went on. Like there was just everything happening, but Xander was unique enough at the top. We talked about it. Just get off. Can't like get yourself a big game hunter in, in Xander and then Rose and even in this lineup. So I'll segue right here going into glove box 87. Cause it is it's just an awesome lineup. Like you said, hopefully you used it elsewhere. Looking at some of the top scores today. I know 565, 70 was sort of the takedown range, but still would have done well in quite a few places, but Rom, speed, Decky, Zalatoris all make a lot of sense. And then it goes back to what I said, like just some, I think even for me, I wanted to try and make all those guys in the upper seven K work. Like, even if you wanted to get away from, Neiman and answer at 7,400, you could get Louie, Scott, Bubba, Sergio, like all these dudes that have basically either won green jackets or been right in the mix to win them. Jason Day, like there was just so many options that you could go to there of guys that had been in the mix at the Masters or actually currently own green jackets. 
and Casey's another one has been in the mix, has great course history, et cetera, et cetera. And he even showed up in some of these lineups. But if you just went to the same type of guys at the bottom, Justin Rose and Mickelson, forget what they, what have you done for me lately? We'd even talked about Phil playing well at the players and the Honda coming in and he knows the course. And that's really just what it comes down to, right? It's been too many times, uh, you know, getting too cute with it. And that's really what it came down to for me and what cost me, but um, awesome lineup, the glove box 87, got him into the three men for this week. We'll get him in. And then we got him into the tournament of champions. I saw him join the group this morning. So shout out to him. Congrats. We'll see you there. And then shout out to Leonis. Leonis, I forget how you say his name in fifth, but another good guy does some content for fan share and stuff, but uh, really good dude. So he's in fifth. He's making his hike up the board and Glovebox shouted us out on Twitter. Uh, another couple few few guys that were right there behind him said we're right there and we're trying to do the same thing this week. So we'll get, we'll get another crack at it this week, Kenny, for the RBC Heritage. All right. I do want to give one more shout out real quick and let me get the name correct here. Um, his name, uh, dude from uh, Corner came in second in the Millie Maker, the ten dollar mini Millie Maker. I Aaron, uh, so shout out to him. Uh, I, he lost by half a point. Uh, I think if uh, Xander would have bogeyed uh, eighteen, he would have won the Millie. So a little frustrating, but still one hundred fifty k, not bad. So congrats to him. All right, so let's get to this week. After an historic Masters, the PGA Tour shifts a thousand miles northeast. As golfers head to Harbortown Golf Links for the RBC Heritage from Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, this Pete Dye design track is you know, more of a classic old feel with strategy and placement being much more important than power and strength. Now, last year, with the event being played two months later, um, you know, it, it actually definitely made a little bit of a difference. Uh, you know, we saw the greens being watered daily, which make, making them a lot softer than when the event was in April. This led to far more driver being pulled off the tee now i would think we should see the more traditional western driver play now that the event is back in april but another aspect of last season with an exceptionally strong field uh, we get that again this year so it's possible that these elite golfers feel more comfortable with driver off the tee here but there's a lot of water in play and there are some holes where you literally can't hit driver because of the way hole the hole is designed unless the fairways are exceptionally soft i think the conditions uh brought upon more driver off the tee not the strength of field last year but this is you know something you might want to pay attention to as the week goes on if you're watching golf channel or getting content from other places uh course history is a normal is normally a big part of this event as you continually see the same names of the leaderboard year in and year out and the reason for that is because you know these golfers know the ins and outs of this tricky target golf layout uh, you don't see too many courses like this anymore on tour so it makes sense that finding the correct strategy here would take some time to figure it out uh, but just like last year the field is way stronger than usual which could make that strong course history narrative a little bit moot uh, if you're looking at the Pete Dye correlation this week, the other Dye courses that are played every year on tour are TPC Sawgrass, TPC River Highlands, TPC Louisiana, PGA West Stadium course, and Austin Country Club. Uh, there's also some chatter. Uh, a lot of people think that uh, the, the, the Copperhead course in Innisbrook has correlation to Harbortown as well. Uh, Harbortown is a 7,100-yard par 71 with four par threes and three par fives, two of which are reachable by most pros. Uh, off the tee, golfers will have to deal with tight tree-lined fairways with thick woods, bunkers, and water being a problem for golfers who miss wildly off the tee. Uh, this course is the definition of target golf. If golfers hit it on the wrong side of the fairway, they might have a blocked second shot because of all the overhanging trees that surround the fairway. On the other hand, if they miss the fairway but hit on the correct side uh, and not in the woods, they will have easier approach shots than golfers who hit it on the fairway but on the wrong side. 
The fairways are tight, but over 66% of fairways have been hit during the tournament's pass, which is, you know, above average, uh, meaning most golfers, I would think, would be hitting less to driver to place their balls in the right location. A lot of the fairways are extremely narrow. Uh, around the 300-yard range, just preventing golfers from breaking out the big stick of less, unless, of course, the fairways are exceptionally soft. Uh, because of this, the average, and I don't think the fairways are going to be soft this week. From what I've heard, they haven't had that much rain in the last month or so, and I don't think there's any rain in the forecast. So I would expect firmer conditions, a lot firmer conditions than we saw last year. Uh, now, the, the, the driving average here is the shortest on tour at around 265 to 275 yards. Uh, the rough normally isn't too thick, but missed fairways should make approach shots much tougher into these small greens. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. On approach shots, golfers will see some of the smallest screens on tour with slight undulation and an upside-down bowl configuration, which could make approaches that land on the edge of the greens more likely to roll off leaving golfers with tricky up and downs for par, especially when they are short-sided. Uh, the greens usually play on the slower side with a stint meter rating of around 11, and the grass used is Tiff Eagle Bermuda. Uh, golfers will need to be accurate with their approaches, not only because of the small size of the greens, but also because of the obstacles around the greens. There are bunkers around almost every hole, and water will be a factor around a few greens as well. Uh, another bit of trouble the golfers face, again, are overhanging trees. Uh, a couple of holes actually have trees right in front of the greens on both sides. It almost made, it almost looks like a field goal post. Uh, so, you know, on these holes, if a golfer misses a little left or a little right, the trees can knock the ball down and leave a tough, tough chip onto the small greens. Uh, only 57% of greens are hit at Harbor Town, and even with light winds, these greens will still be missed. It seems like there should be light winds, except maybe Thursday. Uh, Thursday something to look out, uh, especially if you're a wave guy. Uh, there's rumors that the afternoon could bring 20-mile-per-hour gusts. Uh, scrambling will be important, as we saw in 2019, with three of the top four finishers hitting less than 60% of the greens. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? Yeah, mainly that last night you said I think is really important because, like you said with before, with the smaller greens, and we know this course quite well. It's typically, like you said, a course history, old, some old heads, some short knockers. We'll get to all the names and who, what, when, where, and why, and, and all that those factors, the course history and the stats that go with them. But you just mentioned it, so it can be like you know a, a double-edged sword, a guy like Corey Connors can hit these fairways with accuracy because he is such a good ball striker. And then he has shorter putts to make, which is typically, you know, one of his downfalls, you know, same thing if guys are missing, but they have a good around the green game, let's say, you know, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick or uh, Webb Simpson is a is a much better example. A guy that has a great course history here, you know, the most recent champion here, but uh, you got, you got something like that. And then it's just, you've got those, those great hands around the green. So it's all just tap-ins for par and you just make your power move on because it still can be a tough track. And that's where the dynamics come in. It gets a little bit interesting with some of these guys at the top, as we segue there with DJ Cantlay coming off of missed cuts at the masters, certain situations though. And, you know, Cantlay is an example, really good course history here. I wonder with DJ just coming off that missed cut at the masters, if he's a little bit more hungry than he usually is, I know typically here is sort of the sponsors thing, the hometown thing. And then we've seen him be in the mix right up till Sunday and then just blow up on a Sunday completely because it's not really set up for any of the, the bombing side of things, but he has the all around game. So I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on guys like him and Cantley at the top. 
Yeah, let's just go to it. Uh, let's start off on the top and I'll go ahead. I'm having a hard time between Cantley and DJ. Um, I think Cantley probably burned more people last week. Uh, but the <laughs> thing is, the, but the thing is, people are getting smarter when they play DFS. They're not looking at the uh, a previous miscut, a previous week miscut as a no way I'm rostering this guy anymore. Maybe a few years ago, uh, that's the way it was, but not anymore. But we shall see. Uh, you know, especially with him surrounding DJ and Webb. And Webb is actually going to be my first cash game cornerstone. Uh, this week, uh, you know, the course history is there uh, around the green game is there. Zion game, you know, it hasn't been the best it's ever been, but it's still solid. Uh, and he's a good putter. Um, and so I like him uh, really good on par fours as well. So I like Webb as my first cash game cornerstone. Still not sure what I'm doing up top with DJ and Canley. I think I'm going to play one of those guys. Not completely sure yet. And I sort of like Cam Smith uh, here. I think he, he'll probably he could be overlooked. Uh, you know, with Mel Morikawa and Berger and Webb surrounding him and Willie Z surrounding him. He could be one of those gem plays up top. Uh, he's been playing exceptionally good golf. Uh, you know, his around the green game has really picked up here recently. I think he's eighth in strokes game around the green in his last 12 rounds. So he's been chipping really, really well. Uh, and that's not including Augusta last week. And he had some pretty good up and downs then. He's making a ton of birdies. Uh, so I think Cam is going to be uh, in my lineups this week. Still not sure what I'm going to do up top, though. Uh, what about you? I like the two guys after the top. I like Webb, who you mentioned already for various reasons. Like I said, just sort of one of those courses. And Webb's almost like a Bubba, where you play Bubba at Bubba courses. It's it's Webb at Webb courses, and this is certainly one of them. So uh, no reason to go crazy there. I like him. I like Morikawa. Just not going to fade this guy anymore. You just, I know it's at the highest price point at 10-5, but it's just the way the field sets up. And, I mean, Zalatoris is 9-7, and these are just guys that are elite. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the picture or if you know the squad. I can't even remember all of them. But the someone posted it out last night that, that this 2017 Walker Cup team just doesn't stop. And it had, like, Scheffler, Champ, uh, who else? Gim, who uh, Morikawa, uh, Zalatoris, like the team is just stacked. Thornberry is an up and comer that we'll be seeing more of soon. So it was just a stacked team and I'm forgetting guys, but it was just crazy to see. And now it's just that shows the talent level of golf and how much it's changed. And these guys are all legit. So you just can't go away. So Webb and Morikawa, I think are, are great plays. I like Berger a little bit at 10 K, but if you, I mean, hit third place here last year, the stats definitely all line up, you know, it's just, what's the dynamic? So I think like him and DJ and Cantley will be more of like the large field GPP plays. But interestingly enough, and when we get down there, Kenny, I'm not sure if you liked many, but at first glance, I saw enough guys under the seven K range this week that I actually think it's viable. So, uh, you know, to go back to, like I said, DJ could be a little bit more hungry. Doesn't have the best course history, but it's, you know, 17th, 28th, 16th. He's just doing his thing and creeping along. But I wonder if, like I said, coming off that master's miscut, which is very hard to do as the tourney fave, number one player in the world, defending champ, even though it was a November Masters, et cetera, et cetera, as good as he's been to miss that cut is pretty insane. Not something I expected or many others. And like you said, the Cantlay aspect of missing the cut at 9,800 and just burning so many people last week, people will hop back on, absolutely, to your point. But when you've got Webb and other guys right there, I wonder how much. So I'm pretty interested in Cantlay and large field stuff. I think you can eliminate the NMC at Augusta from your thought process this week because the way that that course played was just especially the first couple of days was extremely tough mm-hmm. uh so i i think i think you could just even look past that and not even take last week into account this week and i think that might be a good idea when you go about making your roster let's go to the 9k range tambo why don't you go ahead yeah i was talking about i just mentioned will Zalatoris, and, and that's going to be 
Uh, interesting to see what people do. I'm going to continue to go after this guy. I, I hope the sticker shock keeps people off. I get like, I like Hatton. I like Connors. Hatton got third here last year. Connors 21st, but Connors has been a much better golfer. And like I said, if realistically, and even watching some of the shots and, and the putter at the masters for him, he's still got it, man. Like he's just still dialed in with it. It just doesn't, it just seems like he's improved versus it's just this run of luck. So uh, I'm going to stick with Hatton Connors Fitzpatrick, who I mentioned, those are sort of my three favorite plays in there. I think Zalatoris is pretty interesting for tournaments. So just based on the fact now that he gets jumped all the way up to 9,700, do you, I mean, you can take over from there and pick your guys, but just ask you, do you think many go to Zalatoris at 9,700 just based off of last week? No history here. I think they they do. I I think, I think he should be popular. I'm not ownership guru and I have no idea. That's why you need to, you know, get on some site that has ownership projections because uh, I think it will be important because if he's like 20, 22% on, it could be worth a fade. Uh, if he's less, then he might be worth a play. Um, you know, it's, that's game theory stuff right there with Al Torres. Just from a, from a, you know, no ownership point of view, I mean, I have no problem playing him. The guy's playing out of his mind. You saw a lot of them. And, man, the guy's just one of the purest ball strikers out there. In the last few years, we've seen better ball strikers win this event or be high up. So, I mean, you know, if, if you don't want to play the game theory game, just play who you want to play. He's definitely – a, a, a very viable option this week. Um, I sort of like Paul Casey a little bit here. Uh, his short game has gotten a little bit better uh, here, especially recently. Uh, Iron game has been strong. He had that good Sunday charge, uh, which we always like. Uh, and he's been playing exceptional golf. And I think it's a pretty reasonable price for a guy uh, that's been playing as well as he's been playing. I also do like Matthew Fitzpatrick a lot uh, this week. You can rely a lot on his short game. Uh, here, uh, you know, I just feel like you know he's sort of due for a win at some point in time here in the United States, and I think this is the type of course that could really suit him, uh, where it's it's not too long, uh, you know, and and, and you know he, it's not like with the conditions this year, it, there's going to be a ton of birdies. I think the winning score is going to be in the mid to high teens, but it's not like some crazy birdie barrage where you're going to shoot like 22, 23 under. Um, so I sort of like, I like Fitz a lot this week as well. Uh, let's move over to this 8K range. I'll go over my second cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Brian Harmon, who's been playing really good golf. Of course, he finished, uh, what, I think uh, uh, top 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 eight or something like that at the uh, the WGC match play, which is another um, uh, die course. He's been playing good golf. He has really good course history here. Uh, so his, his around the green game is strong. Uh, especially, you know, if you look here in, in the short term, uh, it's been very, very, very good. Uh, so I do like uh, Brian Harmon, also really good on par fours. So he's going to be my second cash game cornerstone. My third cash game cornerstone is going to be the villain, uh, Matt Kuchar. Uh, I I think he, I don't think he made the cut last week, did he? Right, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. No, he did yeah, so, but I mean, I'm not like I said, I'm not really taking that into account. The guy just doesn't miss cuts here. I don't know how many times he's played here, but like at least in the last 12 years, he hasn't missed the cut. And like after before last year, and last year was a little bit different. The course played a lot different. So again, looking at course history, I would put a little bit less emphasis on last year uh, because it just definitely wasn't the type of course you're gonna you usually see in April when they play in what June. So, but I, you know, the guys before that, even, you know, second, 23rd, 11th, 9th, 5th, 1st, uh, the guy is just uh, exceptional uh, at the scores. He's been playing well enough for me to get on board with him. And I don't think he's going to be 
too popular. It might be one of my uh, less chalky cash plays that'll be here. We'll see if people, how much people go on course history. Uh, but I like Kucher. Uh, if we're going GPPs in this range, I like Abe Answer. Uh, again, this type of course seems to suit him. Shorter, not too long. Uh, tighter fairways. Uh, so I like him. I like Harris English. Good finish last week at the Masters, which really isn't the type of course that you would expect him to do well on, especially with his lack of driving distance. And uh, I think he had a top 25. And, you know, he's been sort of coming up after a little bit of a slump after his um, his win at the Tournament of Champions. Uh, so I do like uh, English a little bit, especially in uh, GPPs this week. Yeah, I like those GPP plays you mentioned at the end, answer in English. I don't know if they'll be as popular, but uh, really there with Jan Harmon. He's just been playing incredible golf. Like you mentioned, all the stats still line up, especially of recent. Again, he can make those short putts. I'm not too worried about it. He's a great putter. So anything he sets himself up for, and that around the green game has been solid. That's how he did well at match play. That's what he did just at the Masters this past weekend in tough conditions. So I think uh, it was a 12th place finish there. His course history here is pretty decent. The other two guys, the one that I'm giving a pass, you mentioned this, and I agree with it fully, is giving them a little bit of a pass off a rough week at the Masters. And that for me would be Sergio Garcia. Uh, he, we liked him before that we liked him going in. It just didn't work out. But if you look at his game overall and just what he's been up to and fifth here last time out, I think just the stats wise, he was ball striking incredibly. He's got a good short game. He can make putts from short range. And that's pretty much if he's missing greens and his ball striking is not on, he should still have putts from sort of that five to 10 foot range. And I'm not as worried about that for him. And then my favorite play is some people's villain, not Kucher, but some people will villainize Kevin Nas, we've talked about on here before, and or they just don't like his style or whatever it might be. And we love the guy. And I think this is a perfect spot again. He may be popular because his course history is so good, but playing that well at the Masters, just keeping it all together, all around game, one of the best scramblers on the PGA Tour can make those short putts, not worried about it a bit. So, uh, and I like what did we say about him before? Like, was he a one win? in each of the last four years, like just keep piling them on Kevin. Like this is the time. So 8,100. I really like Kevin Na in this range. Yeah. I could get behind Na too. Uh, you know, another thing about this is I really like the AK range better than the nine K range a little bit. I do like fits a lot, but outside of that, um, you know, I really like this AK range a lot. So it's pretty easy to, you know, maybe go two of the 10 K guys here, like a, like a web and a cam or, you know, a web and a burger or a cam and a burger or something like that. And then drop down to this AK range. It's just, forget the 9k range at all so i mean it's just something to think about yeah. uh this week let's go to the 7k range uh i'll go with my last cash game cornerstone it's going to be charlie hoffman at seventy eight hundred dollars if you notice my cash game cornerstones this week they're all old head course history guys and that's basically what i'm going with uh this week but you know hoffman has some good form uh coming in the guys are playing exceptional golf uh, a bunch of top 10s a bunch of top 20s uh in his last few events his iron game has been exceptionally strong here in the last 50 events I think he's eighth in strokes gain approach uh, in this field. He, a ton of birdies. A little bit worried about his around the ring game, but if he hits enough greens, he should be okay. Uh, so I do like Charlie Hoffman. So my cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Webb Simpson at 10 7. Um, we got uh, Harmon at 8 7, Cooch at 800, and Hoffman at 78. This leaves about 14 8 left to fill out the rest of your lineup. So the guys I do like uh, in this range, I'm going to go a uh, little Siwoo. Uh, this week, again, another Pete Dye specialist. Uh, you know, his stats have really been really good. He's been really, really strong around the greens lately. And that's really been helping him a lot. Uh, you add that to his better iron play uh, here recently. I think he makes a really good choice uh, this weekend. I really like him at his number uh, when we get to the betting card. So I do like Siwoo Kim 
a lot this week. Um, I, I'm going to go Ian Poulter, another old head course history guy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with that sort of motto uh, this week. And so I, I like him a lot. Chris Kirk, uh, another old head guy. Uh, so that you could see the, the theme I'm going with uh, this week because this course could definitely bring out uh, those type of players on, on top of the leaderboard. Uh, who do you like in this top range? Yeah, I was going to ask you first because when you said Siwoo Kim, I said the name in my head and it reminded me that Sung J M is also in this field just backing up. We didn't even talk about it. Do, do you like Sung Jae here? I know he's 9,000 and the love for Matt Fitzpatrick is there, but I kind of like Sung Jae too. I forgot to mention him and just the ball striking. Again, what do we worry about is a bit, a little bit of his around the green game, maybe, but it seems to be improved a little bit. And then, like I said, I like that if he is striking it well, the greens are just so small that those putts are less worrisome to me. So I, I don't know. Any thoughts on him before I do the 7K range? His iron game has been really, really bad uh, here recently. So I'm a little bit worried about that you take into account he's not the strongest around the greens um he could possibly be one of the lowest owned above 9k though uh just looking at this it's possible that he is the lowest owned uh from the 9k and above range and you know he has a talent to come out and do his thing even if his stats aren't really great uh so of game theory play i i can see that coming yeah, I was just going to say, I think that, you know, to your point, and that's why I brought this up, because I'm liking this upper 7K range, which I'm about to get into, and I like the 8K range that we just went through. So just thinking from roster construction perspective and things that you mentioned there is, I don't really, that you could just skip out on that complete upper 9K range and have a lineup with a, a five-figure guy, and then put in like Sungjae and Fitzpatrick, and then build down from there and have plenty of money to spend and, and get yourself a nice little lineup that way, I think. So uh, as far as the 7K range goes, you know, can't disagree on many of the plays. You mentioned them at the top. Siwoo, Pete Dye, that's a thing. We're playing that. Russell Henley was a guy I didn't hear you mention that I think I like a little bit more than most probably, and I'll, I'll bring him I, I up I do again. like Henley. I like Henley. Yeah, he's, he's coming in okay. He doesn't have the world's best history here. But again, I just think stats-wise and what he's been doing across – the last 50 rounds, if you will, if you will, or you want to bring it across the last six to 12 months, he's been playing a much better game. His approach game is didn't dialed. He finish, didn't he finish like second at Honda or something like that recently? I mean, third, third, third. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, tough course. You know, I, I, I can definitely see it. Yeah. It just makes a lot of sense to me. And I like that for betting later as well. Um, I guess the other guys here, like Kisner can always play him. Christian, Christian Bazunhout. Uh, we talk about him sometimes and it's usually in like majors and WGCs and things like that, where he just pops up out of nowhere, but he, he actually got 28 there. He just made the cut at the masters. He has a pretty stout game, but his, some of his best part of his game is the around the green game and his putting from under 10 feet. And that, like I said, I'm just keep lining these things up, but even if he's hitting greens, great. He's awesome from five to 10 feet in that range, I should say. But if he's missing greens, his best feature is his around the green game. And then he'll be within that range to make those putts as well. So you want to talk about a made cut and then potential upside. That to me is sitting there at 7,700. I always like Poulter. So I'm with you on that. And I guess the only other guy that kind of stood out to me here was right at 7,500. Um, Chris Kirk, any, any, uh, any Kirk love here? He's coming in pretty strong. right yeah, now. Yeah. 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 I like Kirk. I'm definitely a fan. Like I said, the old heads, I, I, I could see, I could see him doing well this week. His stats for me just pop way off the board. And if you they look, do for me too. Um, you know, coming in 6th, 25th, 48th, 8th, that's his last four outings. Uh, normally makes the cut here, at least. He doesn't have the best history as far as upside, but I think he's been playing a lot better ever since coming back and doing his thing. So I think uh, he's pretty interesting as well at 7,500. All right, that sounds good. Let's move on to this bottom range. A couple of guys do I like Michael Thompson a lot. The guy's been showing really good game. I mean, he played decently at the Masters. He has really good form, and at this price, I'll take that form 
any time. JT Poston, again, this is the type of course, uh, you know, there's some people that have this Carolina narrative uh, with this coach, like a, like a, you know, like a North Carolina narrative. It is tree-lined. It is tight. Um, uh, what, did JT Poston won the Wyndham, I think, uh, a couple of years ago, Carolina yep. course? So, uh, Sedgefield, yeah, I've seen Sedgefield be uh, comp to this course. So I, I do like Poston uh, down here. Uh, anybody you like in this in this lower range? Uh, Streelman stands out as an interesting play. Always play Cam Davis. I like him regardless. Again, he just has the game. And if you look, like I said, it's going to be it, if his ball striking is not on, it's not on you, and you lose out and that lineup's dead anyway. But if he, if it's on the, what I always talk about with him is the same thing, but if he makes the cut, the upside is there, even if he finishes 25th or 30th, he could be the top 20th in scoring or top 15th in scoring. So I think he's one Streelman who I just mentioned uh, who else here? Grillo, right? We've been playing him a little bit more lately. He'd be a guy that stands out to me here just as another interesting play because I'm just not as worried with the putter and whatnot. And then you mentioned the two at the bottom that I had. I'll bring one more up though. Uh, I like Michael Thompson and JT Poston with you. They both have a pretty good run here. Uh, eighth and sixth for Poston. Loves playing here. Talked about it on his social media in the past where we brought it up. And then uh, Michael Thompson, like you said, just playing good golf, but eighth and 10th here the last two times out. I did have one more guy I want to ask you about was, um, oh, Harold Varner, 7K straight. He was was another guy, just the stats wise. If you look at Varner's stats, and we always like playing him, he's a a favorite of ours, but top 10 and around the green, really bad with the short putts. But again, like I said, that's typically the the thing we're used to with him. And if he is going to be having to make those shots around the green, as many are, he's going to put it in much tighter. And it could just be sort of three footers, tap ins, that sort of thing. So, I actually do like Varner here. And then Adam Hadwin was the last one. Get, keep a little Canadian love in the mix here, Kenny. Adam Hadwin you, at seven. You know, Varner started the season off really horribly. I mean, I think he missed something like six of his first, you know, 10 cuts or something like that uh, going into this, going into the season. But he's sort of picked up the pace here a little bit here recently with a 26th of the API, 55th of the players, third of the Honda, 34th of Valero. So he's made four cuts in a row. Um, I could get behind Varner uh, at that price this week. Let's go to the yeah. 6K range. You just say you got a bunch of guys. What's your name? Well, I just think there's a bunch you could go with, right? Like if you look at the the names we're used to playing here and even the sevens that we just talked about with the, all those guys that we mentioned there at the bottom, but like Doug Gim, no reason to go back off of him. Maybe like I said, with Zal Torres doing his thing, that 2017 Walker Cup team member. And we've been playing him anyway. He's been playing some great golf, but then there's Ryan Moore. We know the Matthew Neesmith narrative. Uh, getting engaged here and had himself a pretty good outing last time here, a little bit of the storyline with that. So that could repeat itself. Uh, Two guys that remind me of sort of the plays you talked about at the top of just who we always can play at this course. And that's Russell Knox and Rory Sabatini. Uh, Benny on is down here. If you want to play the same narrative that I just was with a good around the green game or a capable or really good around the green game, actually. And then being able to make those putts, right? Like it's just not the same. You won't have to drain 20, 30 footers all the time. Well, he's here. uh, Snedeker. Played well last time out and is extremely cheap. We always talk about Adam Long, Stewie Sink. Played really well at the Masters and has been doing his thing coming in. Jim Furyk, now it would be the time to go to guys like him and Ches Reavy. So they stand out. I mean, there's just a bunch of guys down here, man. I just named like 10. Do you have, I'm sure you have others, but like any of those guys you like and then yeah. who else down here? I like I like Benny on. I like Gim. It could be the the nostalgic coming with me. What happened with Hideki winning? I want to see a Korean win. So I, I could get behind those two guys again. Doug Gim, uh, I I've said this before, but Gim is actually Kim. In, you know, there's no hard K in Korean. 
Uh, so it's actually my same last name, just spelled a little bit differently in Korean. Yeah, it, in, Kore- in Korean, it's actually spelled exactly the same. Uh, so so I, I got to go with my boy, uh, Dougie Gim. Uh, I like your Sabatini and Knox call. I, I saw a little bit from Doc Redman the last time out. I mean, we all mm-hmm. loved him uh, a few months ago, and he sort of went on a little bit of slump. Uh, but it looked like he was sort of finding his way a little bit of Valero. Uh, he only finished 44th, but I thought the ball striking was decent um, there. Um, other guys I do like, um, Chaz Rivi, somebody that I, that I can get behind. I know he, again, he hasn't been playing that well. Jim Furyk, if we're going with the old head narrative, um, once again and down a little bit below Hollywood Hoagie. Uh, I think, what is the, like, 6,300, 6,400. Uh, 6, uh, I could get behind him with a solid iron play, a bunch of birdies, really good from 175 to 200. You'll see a lot of approaches from 150 to 200 yards this week. All right, anybody else? There's a lot down here, man, that you could name. Tom Lewis was a guy that I was going to say just because we talked about him uh, a couple weeks ago, and he did quite well. You know, came in, I saw him in some of even the winning lineups, just the way he did his thing. So, you know, just guys that can grind and play good golf. Bryce Garnett is another one that does quite well at courses like this 17th here last time out and 11th a couple times previous to that. And then he's coming off a missed cut, but before that, a ninth, 25th, fifth, you know, he's got some good results coming in. So that's just, like I said, there's enough names down here though, to get a little bit more aggressive at the top, just my opinion. But as of right now, that's what it looks like to me, Kenny. All right, let's go to our bets with this. We got to go first. Uh, I got Fitzpatrick at 26 to one answer at 32 to one Hoffman, at 43 to 1. Siwoo, 50 to 1. Poulter, 80 to 1. Michael Thompson, 140 to 1. There could be a top 20 on Michael Thompson this week, too. I feel like I got to bet Michael Thompson just because everybody is. I, I'm starting to see it that you're like the third or fourth person I've seen really? bring it up. And, and it, like I it said, makes- I. I haven't yeah. been online too much, so. No, it, it just uh, makes sense. Like I said, I just looking back at the numbers and seeing everything that's going on, it kind of really does suit it. But uh, I've only got four right now. I, I got <laughs> Willie Z at 33 to one. And I, I know he could, there could be some fatigue or whatever it might be. But the craziest thing was, I forget who called this out. Shout out to them. I, I don't know the name, but was the odds of 33 to one here are better than you're getting at like the US Open or the PGA or anything right now where everything just dropped like a rock after his master's finish. Everyone went and bet him live, right? Or whatever they could find as an open line during the masters. And now you could still get him for 33 here. So I'll take that number. Harmon, 40 to one. I already talked about our love for Harmon. Kevin Na, 66 with the top five each. I know that's dipped since I got it first thing this morning, but he was one of my favorites off the board that I want to have right away on my card. And then Henley, who I brought up 80 to one with the top five each way just seems like a big number for the capability. So those four for right now, Kenny. All right. That sounds good. One and done. I think I'm either going to go Hoffman, Siwoo or Poulter, maybe even Thompson. Yeah. I still got Webb Simpson. So it might just be time to use him because right, that could be a good idea. Yeah. De- definitely a good spot. Otherwise I don't mind. Like I said, I really do like Kevin Knock quite a bit. I like Harmon. Those are just sort of the guys that I would, lean to but if you've got web i think you can just use them up here and roll it all right that sounds good i think it's going to be it for this week you can find me on twitter at kendo vt you can find my articles every week on gupscorner.com my course preview and stats to look for are already out i'll have my full complete betting card uh you know out on wednesday on the site and i'll have my favorite dfs plays in every price range and you guys know where to find me on Twitter at Totec and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions. Over on Rotor Grinders, talked about at the top of the show. 
rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. Check out everything that we're doing there. I got the Tuesday show coming up with Noto and Cards. Noto himself had a pretty big week, actually, almost taking down two different Millie Makers or one Millie Maker and an 888. And he was in the mix and some other stuff. So had himself a really nice week and got an unlucky Sunday out of some guys like Bryson and Connors, Palmer, Speeth, some of those guys that didn't really fully come through. Speeth, I guess, not so bad on the back nine, but you can check us out there, my Wednesday night show. Other than that, that's all I got, Kenny. All right, usually there is a Masters hangover, but Hideki's win got me hyped. So I'm ready. Let's get this done. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.